This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us podcast. I think our listeners are really going to enjoy today's conversation on identifying pockets of lostness in your community. I'm here today with Konstantin Goncharov. Konstantin is a pastor and church planter. He's originally from Ukraine. So Konstantin, we've been friends for a while now. We've been working together. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, Pastor Jimmy, thank you for inviting me to this podcast. It's a great joy for me to be with you, telling people about what he's doing, uh, what God is doing in our ministry here. Yeah, as you said, my name is Konstantin Goncharov. I'm from Ukraine, which it was a former Soviet Union. I was born there, I was raised there in the family of Evangelical Baptist Christians. Okay. In fact, it was a third or fourth generation of Evangelical Baptist, which was wow. a very, very unusual. Now I'm here. I have wife, Angela. With Angela, we have been living together for 29 years. Yeah. This year will be 29 okay. years. Were you married for some of that time or? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Um, we actually we have a great marriage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, like somebody asked Dr. Billy Graham one time, who is the best Christian he knows, and uh, he said it's my wife. So yeah. I can tell you also, Angela is the best Christian I know, and she's the best yeah. evangelist I know. So. And I've had opportunity to observe, and I agree she is a fantastic Christian and a very effective evangelist. I've seen it with my own eyes. So we have three sons. They kind of have grown. Oldest son is 27, and then 24 and 22. All three of them are live right now in Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. Now, Constantine, tell me a little bit about your background because you grew up as a Christian in a Baptist, multi generational Baptist family. But how did you get involved in the vocational ministry? As you know, in the Soviet Union, we didn't have any Bible colleges, no seminaries, because there was persecution of Christians. Mm -hmm. Um, But with the fall of the Berlin War, with the change in the Soviet Union, we got freedom for for religion, uh, for faith. But again, there was vacuum of Christian education. And I was selected in the Soviet Union, Baptist Union, I know uh, they call it Union. I was selected uh, to go abroad to study, to to the seminary. So I and my friend, we went to Dallas Theological Seminary. This is the seminary that invited me and gave me a scholarship. So I studied there from 92 through 96. And I came with Angela, with with our oldest son, Jenna. He was like six months old Mm -hmm. at the time. So I studied there for four years, got my THM degree. And when we're going back to Ukraine, 96, we had three sons. You guys are busy. Yes, yes. So I guess God called me to vocational ministry when I accepted this call to go to study abroad to the seminary because I knew this will be my full time. Right, it's what you wanted to do. Occupation, yeah. All right, so so Constantine, so you go back to Ukraine after studying at DTS. Uh, You and Angela now you have three children, and you go back to Ukraine. It's a setting where there hasn't been a lot of evangelization. A lot of the churches that are there are very old school. They've been there for a long time, and so you did something really fresh and really new. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, it was an amazing time in the Soviet Union because with the fall of the Communist Party and Soviet Union, uh, it exposed the great spiritual hunger in the hearts of people. And so people were just hungry just to hear anything about God, about the Bible. If you go in the streets and just distribute the Bibles, you would have a big line, people waiting to get a Bible, wow. a New Testament. So in that time, it was a special time when our Baptist denomination doubled uh, in mm. 10 years. But uh, when I came, this wave of the spiritual hunger kind of was started to decline. It was started to go down. But as you said, you were right that our churches were kind of old school in the sense that they were traditionalistic and legalistic in a sense. Not many young people were there. When I and Angela started the church, we said to ourselves, no, we want to have a church for young people, mm -hmm. for children, where we'll have a lot of kids, a lot of young families, young youth. In fact, it's kind of interesting story because uh, I say that we were studying the church, but in fact, in the beginning, I and Angela, we didn't want to start a church. <laughs> God had to really push us to right. start a church. Because when I started the seminary, I, all I wanted to be just a seminary professor. Okay. I, I never took a class on like church planting, evangelism, nothing like that. You I want said, to be a scholar. Yeah, all philo philosophy classes, theology classes, Bible classes, languages. And I became a seminary teacher. In fact, I became an academic dean of the Kiev Theological Seminary. Wow. Um, but at the same time, I and Angela, we were naturally sharing gospel with our neighbors in a um, suburb of Kiev. And some of our neighbors came to Christ. And first, we were driving them to a Baptist church, uh, like several miles from us. But later, we realized we couldn't drive all of them to the church there and more and more came to Christ and then through circumstances of life through people God told us clearly you know you need to start a church to take care of these people yeah. even though we didn't want at the beginning but we said to God okay we want to obey you if you want us to start a church we'll start a church and you know what happened in years uh, when I was a uh, church planter first you know because we started church with 10 people four new believers and two other couples who were already believers of 10 people we started meeting in a renovated garage and now the church is about 700 people wow uh, we have three services on sunday morning we have even a christian school during the week going mm -hmm. on in our church so it's um no, the, it's a big church. Yeah. yeah. So God really blessed that work. So then at some point you ended up coming to the United States. How did, how did that happen? Yeah. As I told you, uh, we have three sons and two of them were born in the United States. So by birth, they're U.S. citizens. Mm -hmm. And when they were kids, small kids, it was okay for, for them to be in Ukraine legally. But when they became teenagers, they could only be legally in Ukraine for three months. And we didn't know what to do with that. And we decided first to send them to the United States them by themselves and live with our friends and go to school. But we tried it for two years and we realized it was very hard for us, for them. Right. You missed them. Uh, yeah, we missed them. They missed us. And we said, no, it's not right. And by that time, our church was already developed well. I had like six pastors in my elder board. And I said, I said to the church, uh, the church will have another pastor, but my kids will not have another father. So I, I I just can't. That's a lesson a lot of us could hear, isn't it? So, church, the church yeah. will get another pastor, but your kids can't get another father. Yes. Yeah, that's a good word. So what happened then? So I passed my position, my ministry as a lead pastor to my associate pastor, and we moved to the United States. We moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, where our kids were. 
in school. And while in Charlotte, we continued, we, we also were rich in Russian speaking people. Although we didn't have a goal to start a new church because Charlotte already has about 10 Russian speaking churches. Okay. So we were just reaching non-believers through small groups. In fact, the small group that we started still continues. Uh, wow. my, my friend leads this uh, small group. All right. So you're doing that in North Carolina. And then how did you get connected with South Florida? How did you ever find your way down here? Yeah, this is also an interesting story because the South Florida was on my mind for maybe seven years because some of people that I know are Russian pastors who live in the United States. They started to call me about seven years ago and telling me, you know, I've been to Miami, so many Russian-speaking people there, but there is no churches. No, you, you need to go there and start a church there. And at that time, I said, oh, no, I'm not ready. I, I don't, I have other plans. In fact, about, uh, you know, two years ago, I had a plan to go back to Ukraine. I was invited by one seminary to come and teach there and, uh, and lead one department. But then God changed our plans because, again, people were calling us about South Florida. And I said to Angela, let's go to Miami one time just to check it out, to see the needs with our own eyes. So we came to Miami. We met with Baptist leaders there in Miami office with El Fernandez and others. And when El Fernandez told me that Russian group of people is the least rich group of people in South Florida, wow. immediately for me, it was a signal, well, this is where we need to be. Right. Yeah. All right. So how many Russian speaking people are there in South Florida, do you think? Yeah, this is what I hear from different sources. We have here about 400,000 Russian speakers. And just recently, I learned that our county, Palm Beach County, has the most number of them, the biggest number. Wow. Yeah. All right. So there's a ton of Russian-speaking people here. There are not very many Russian-speaking churches in South Florida. Not at all. We have only two small churches in Hollywood. Which is in Broward County, yeah, Fort Lauderdale uh, area. Yes. In, uh, one church is about 50 people. Another church is less than 20 people. Okay. So, but if, as I said, they're just in one city and they're very small. Right. And so what I love about this, Constantine, is you did the research and the Florida Baptist Convention had done the research mm -hmm. and your church in North Carolina, Carmel Baptist Church, had done the research. Yes. And so you put all this together and uh, you and Carmel actually came up with a really incredible, creative way to get you and Angela from North Carolina to South Florida. Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, it's kind of funny. You said it's Carmel, and we came up with this plan. Uh, actually, I don't think we came up with this plan. I think God came up with okay. this plan because the way how, remember how he connected you with oh, yeah. our pastor with Carmel Baptist right. Church? It wasn't something you, you, we planned. <laughs> right. It was God's design. And so when you came to Charlotte to meet, met with our pastor, Alex, for Carmel Baptist Church, uh, and, and as I recall correctly, uh, you during your conversation, our names came up and the Russian people came up and you said, okay, well, if Angela Constantine are interested to come to reach Russian speak speaking people. Why don't they come to our church and we, yeah. we'll do it together? Yeah, that is. So I actually am remembering this more clearly as you're talking about it. So we have some members that used to live down here in South Florida. They've moved to Charlotte and they attend Carmel. And so I was up there visiting them, actually playing golf. And uh, we got done with a round of golf and the guy, my friend Steve says, hey, I want you to meet my pastor. Let's have lunch. So we have lunch with Alex. And then we started talking about church planning, something we're both passionate about. That's right. And then he started talking about that. So then 
Like, cause I'm thinking this is never going to happen. And so basically what Carmel Baptist Church has done is they have taken the lead on funding you and Angela. And they kind of said, I'll tell you what, we have a passion for reaching Russian speaking people. You guys do. We'll fund Constantine and Angela if you guys will host them and provide them with training and provide them with a home base in South Florida where the mission field is. And then the North American Mission Board has also jumped in on that with the Florida Baptist Convention. So we have this partnership that's formed. And as a result, we've really identified this tremendous pocket of unreached people right here in South Florida. And the truth is, this is this is how bad of a missionary that I am. I honestly didn't know they were here. I thought that all the Russian speakers in South Florida were Jewish. And I know a lot of them are, but a lot of them aren't. And you and Angela have had tremendous success over the last couple of years reaching Russian-speaking people. Talk to our listeners about what is going on as you guys have tried to engage this pocket of lostness in South Florida. Yes. When we came here, we were surprised, you know, how big is spiritual hunger among these people, like even compared to Charlotte. We tried to reach people there, but we didn't see so much spiritual hunger as we see here. Probably because here in South Florida, there are almost no Russian churches. That's right. why they, I think they're open to talk about it, to hear about it. So when I and Angela came, we knew only a few people here. But when we started to walk around, you know, visiting parks, beaches, Russian stores, we just were keeping our ears open to, just to hear Russian speech around. Okay, that to me is a hilarious story. And I want to verify for our listeners, that is exactly what they were doing. They're driving around, walking around parks, beaches, and other places, listening for Russian speakers. Yes. And that was your method. And not just walking around. We were swimming around in the water. <laughs> yes, it's true. One couple we met in the water as we were swimming. <laughs> yeah. So, first of all, this is what we do. We just keep our ears and eyes open to uh, listen. Uh, as When we hear somebody speaks Russian language, we come to them. We introduce ourselves. We try to become friends. And we became friends to some of them. Some of them now are friends. They come to our church or to our small groups. So I guess you just have to be open to genuinely love people and to open your hearts and your homes. Well, I can say one of the most amazing things, like I've never, to my recollection, overheard anybody speaking Russian as if I would even know if I heard it. But I've, I hear a lot of people speaking Spanish or French, occasionally, you know, German or something like that. But I don't recall ever hearing anybody speak Russian, but you guys have located these people. And I can just tell you to our listeners, like every Sunday, Constantine and Angela virtually every Sunday introduced me to some new person or new family that they have met that week, shared the gospel with them and invited them to family church. And I can tell you, like, I meet these people every week. I don't know how they find them. I don't know what they do, but it's really phenomenal. And not only that, you've won a bunch of people to Christ, you baptized a bunch of people, and you've gotten three small groups started in three completely different areas of our community. Talk about those small groups to our listeners. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, let me also finish how we also where we find new people uh, yeah. because uh, we have a small group of believers that now I have other people in um, like um, Daniel in Galena and Nikolai and Svetlana with us in this mission. So it, it wasn't easy for them to find the Russian speaking people. So, and then we came up with this idea, God gave us this idea. We re realized that in our area, in our county, there is no Russian meetup group. And we said to ourselves, why don't we start one? So we started this group, meetup group for Russian speaking people. And it turned out that Daniel has a passion and skill for, to do this online. And he likes to do this. Using social media. Yes. So he started this group. Now we call it Russian club. 
and it became very successful because we started to meet in the parks but also in one restaurant in Wellington that is owned by a Russian guy and we had literally more than 200 people coming to our meetings. <laughs> That's incredible. Yes, uh, of course you have to be go out of your comfort zone to do right. that because uh, like for instance when, on these meetings uh, in, in this restaurant they serve alcohol and um, they sing you know, songs russian songs uh, that are secular songs and uh, so it's of, not a very good baptist meeting yeah, sometimes yeah. right <laughs> so you have to go to to these people in, into of their course. environment sure so instead of inviting people to come to us to the church right. we go to them we go to the russian picnics in the parks where they're organized by them not by us and this is where we find them and i think that is so awesome because it is exactly what the great commission tells us to do to go and to make disciples where they are. Could you just tell me about a couple of the people that you guys have reached or a couple of people that you're working with? Tell us a couple of stories about people that you've you've met in this journey. Yes. In these three groups that you mentioned, one group we started in Boca Raton, another group we started in Palm Beach Gardens, and another in West Palm Beach. Okay. We have several people who came to Christ. So far, uh, several people who are still in, on the way, then in, in, they're seekers. But what's amazing that they come. Uh, you know, people take time from their busy schedule. They come to a small group. They come, some of them start to come to, to come to Sunday morning meetings. Now, uh, which one of them I uh, would like to share the, the, no, the their life? Uh, we have um, one young man who came to visit sister. Right. Actually, they were in the, our church last Sunday morning and. The baby was crying. Right, right. So my wife came and took, <laughs> That's a funny took, took thing, the yeah. baby. This okay. baby was crying bloody murder. Yeah. And uh, Angela came and uh, saved the worship service from the baby. Yeah. Yeah. But this uh, um, young mother, she has her brother with her sitting beside her. Her brother came to visit her from Russia, and he came to one of our small groups, and uh, Nikolai uh, shared the gospel with him, and he accepted Jesus. He, wow. he prayed, um, and then I helped to do Nikolai the follow-up with this young man. His name is Volodya, and so he came to our small group last week also, and I I talked to him, and, and he has a desire to stay in the United States, and we would try to help him to do that so he could we can disciple him more. So this is uh, one story. But he, I could tell that he's a sincere young man. Uh, he started to read the Bible. He has many questions about the Bible, about salvation. He wants to grow spiritually. So we have people who, young mothers who came here and they have some um, bad relationship with their husbands. Right. Father, their kids yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And yes, sometimes they're single mothers and they come to Christ out of their difficult circumstances sure. of life because their life is very hard. So I don't know how it happened, but most of the people that we meet here, they their life is very hard. I don't know where all those Russian rich people. But <laughs> we haven't found a lot of the rich yeah, people. Most yet, of them we? very needy and with a lot of brokenness in their life. 
Yeah, and I tell you what, we saw that too, because even before, Constantine, even before we connected, we had some Russian-speaking people coming to our first connection classes, and we do have a Ukrainian couple that does go to our church. They've been in the United States for a long time, but you guys have been able to draw all of these strands together from what God was doing in Charlotte with Carmel Baptist Church and what our partnerships with the North American Mission Board and the Florida Baptist Convention are doing, plus the heart that we have for reaching every person in every neighborhood in South Florida here at Family Church, and I really believe that God brought you and Angela as gifts to us for this season to help us go after people we could have never tried to go after without God bringing you guys to us. And God's blessed us so much with our friendship that we share and our love for one another and our brotherhood and sisterhood in Jesus. And around here, we pray Luke chapter 10, verse 2, all the time, that the Lord of the harvest would send more laborers for his harvest. And that's what uh, God has done when he sent you guys to us. Let's continue to do this. We need more help. That's right. We pray this prayer too. And some of some people on our, some of our listeners, you may have uh, some folks who speak Russian or are Russian speaking, and you may want to get engaged with Constantine and Angela. We'll have a way for you to do that in the show notes on our website. I would have never imagined that we had so many Russian speaking people and so few churches to reach them here in South Florida. If you want to help, you can do that. Contact us, and we'll get you involved. Let us know also what you are doing to identify and reach pockets of lostness in your community. We look forward to hearing from you on our website, FamilyChurchNetwork.com. This is Jimmy. Scroggins, and this has been Church for the Rest of Us. Well, that wraps up season two of the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. I know we have had a lot of fun doing this, and we have loved hearing from you and learning from you. We hope you'll go back and listen to the episodes you missed and keep recommending us to your friends. You can find out everything you need to know about us at FamilyChurchNetwork.com. Also, please rate us on iTunes and Stitcher. Also, Sharper Conference will be back in 2019. That'll be on Thursday, March the 7th. Details at SharperConference.com. We will be back next fall with Season 3 of Church for the Rest of Us to talk about some of the systems and processes we are putting in place at Family Church to create sustainability, maximize growth, and advance the gospel. Sign up for updates so you can get in on what we're learning here at Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.